Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a horror role-playing game based upon the fantastical fiction of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are... Brian, as Jack Whiteside in Dan Williams' body. How am I going to get out of this mess? Gabe, as Roy Arroyo in Declan McDonough's body. It sucks being Declan because now there's no way that I'm going to get my season tickets honored. And Matt, as Rocky Arroyo in Jack Whiteside's body. Well, I guess it's time someone takes a long, hard look at this motherfucking boat. With special guest Zach as Carl Kolchak Jr. Still enjoying just sitting here being tied up. It's the simple things in life, you know? Who doesn't like that? Kink shaming is my kink. All right, well, let's fire up the resonator to check for any new letters from beyond. On Facebook, Thomas Winklespect says, Hey, just want to let you guys know I started your podcast Monday, and I'm already 40 episodes in. Really enjoying how you let the characters tell the story, and everything builds naturally. Great work. Woo! That's nice. Thanks. You're welcome. Before we begin, we do need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello and good evening. My name is Princent Vice, art collector and chef at large, and I'm here to introduce you to my latest endeavor into the culinary unknown, a cookbook for the... Uh, home cook. Bid a fond welcome to the... I, I was seriously going with the ne- Wait, what, what, we are? Already printed? How much to change? Oh, you people are useless, do you hear me? Do you hear me, Lucille? Useless! <clears throat> Say hello to the Necronomicon. Ugh, never saying that again. Full of easy-to-understand and follow recipes, cooking tips, late-night sacrifices, and unholy rituals that will elevate your cuisine to planes beyond our own. Feast on goat's head stew that will make your guests squeal with possession and delight. And I know what you're thinking, yes, we did leave in the teeth, the brains, and bits of bone and sinew. Chow down on Riley roast, made from meats unknown and covered in a thick, dripping black ichor that will melt your taste buds and coat your throat in despair and hopelessness. How delightful. Now finally, bring down the house into another dimension. With a dessert so delectable, it will undoubtedly have your guests questioning reality and drive them insane with delight. So come buy my book, and your next dinner party may be your last. And we're back. Excuse me while I go down to the store for a six-pack. I think you need to go to the gym for a six-pack. We only sell them in, like, gallons, sorry. No, but Jim sells them in six-packs. <laughs> Who's Jim? You have to drink the whole gallon for it to be effective. And you have to do it all in one go, too. None of this stopping and starting bullshit. A whole gallon? Yeah. When our AI overlords finally emerge from the technological wastelands to subjugate humanity, that product and or service will be our only hope. Thus, I encourage everyone to purchase as much as they can now and stock your bomb shelters for the inevitable decline of flesh supremacy. <gasps> I, for one, welcome our new Google overlords. Me too. Put the chip in my brain right now. I already serve other overlords, so. He serves Yahoo. MySpace. I work with Bing. It's, it's, it's not good times over Have here. you guys heard of this new company, though? Seriously? It's called Earthlink? If you join eMachines, we'll give you a computer that never goes out of date. Now, dear investigators... We continue. Chapter 9. Leapfrog. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Pretending to be Dan is a tad more difficult than Jack anticipates, even if he is wearing Dan's body like a lumpy overcoat. Suspicious eyes follow him as he moves about the cultist encampment. Cautiously, he enters the otherworldly tent of Cygnus, the cult leader, who almost manages to crack Jack's cool facade. 
the beleaguered FBI agent questions the prisoner, a Snoop reporter by the name of Carl Kolchak Jr., who suggests that they should team up to foil the cultists' plans. Meanwhile, on the abandoned rescue ship, Rocky decides to seek out the bridge and perhaps radio for help. Roy remains below, going cabin to cabin searching for secret doors and treasure chests as his unhinged mind convinces him he's in some kind of dungeon scenario. A pyramid of empty beer cans gets the better of him, after which he hears an ominous metallic creak of a hatch being opened somewhere not far away. Up on the aft deck, Rocky discovers the storm is relentless and perhaps the ship is not as abandoned as it appears. Dad aft, though. Damn. Jack, you like this Kolchak character. He's got spunk. He's got verve. He's got that certain je ne sais pas, and you dig it. Sure, his voice is a little grating, and his wardrobe definitely needs an upgrade, but you could sorely use help from someone who doesn't know you from Adam or Dan. It's going to take some patented Jack Whiteside stealth maneuvers to figure out how to spring him from the tent, though, if you're going to live out your favorite buddy cop movies from Midnight Run to Running Scared to Tango and Cash to Turner and Hooch to the other guys to the nice guys. You almost feel bad for slipping the hood back over his astonished face. Time to formulate a plan. Before your brain pan can begin percolating, however, you hear a strange high-pitched voice with a foreign accent call from somewhere in the encampment not far away. Hello, Mr. Williams, Dan, my boy, come try my squab soup. God damn it, Broomhilda, this is not the time. Oh, Christ, another one that I gotta try to lie to. (laughs) And you're so good at it. Yes, I am. All right, so that is the food tent that everybody's going in and out of, I'm assuming. Well, you know what they say about assuming. Makes mad an ass. Um. You're in the prisoner tent right now, and you're looking at this poor bastard with a hood over his head. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a monster! Run! <laughs> oh, he's just purposely making that noise. All right, I'm going to uh, get really, really close to the side of Carl's face without touching the hood and say, I'll be back. I hope so. So I'm going to exit the tent, all confident, puffed chest, and uh, head towards the uh, the food tent. And the two guards are still standing outside? I've got nothing from him yet. I'll be back. And then I just confidently, don't even wait for a response, I just head towards the food tent. F-O-O-D, that spells food. No, it doesn't. Spells moon. I thought M-O-O-N spelled food. Oh, I'm sorry. M-O-O-N, that spells food. So yeah, you start walking towards this very large tent where people are sort of hanging outside. The large tent is bustling with activity and the tantalizing buzz of foreign languages. Even from several paces away, you can smell exotic spices simmering. People come and go, some carrying paper plates piled high with rice, goat meat, thick, dark curry sauce spread over steamed vegetables, and hunks of homemade bread. Inside are trestle tables where workers sit and talk, eating food and drinking flagons of water. Toward the back are the living quarters, an area filled with makeshift bunk beds, piles of clothes and bedding, plus empty food crates being used for card playing. An obese, sweaty man wearing a filthy stained apron stands behind a counter loaded with serving pots and platters, shouting in gregarious tones to anyone in line. He immediately notices you and yells in broken English, Hello, Mr. Williams, Don, my boy. Are you hungry? Feeling better? Well, not really feeling that much better, but I, I do have a little bit of an appetite. Well, come, old Kajo would give you some food. Have you tried my squab soup yet? I have not. Or have I? Yes, I think you did. I, I've been bringing it to you for two weeks now. Well, then why did you ask me that? He gives you a wink, dishes up a, a bowl of soup where you can see bird bones sticking out of it. Looks like it has lentils in it as well. But the smell actually is pretty good. It's well-spiced, and you detect just a bit of ginger in there. <gasps> what did she do? <laughs> <laughs> ginger and Marianne. He, he reaches over with his other hand and hacks off with a cleaver a big hunk of uh, what appears to be homemade rustic bread follow me and he ducks out to the side of the tent there's a little flap behind the uh, tables don't do it that's what he did with ginger confidently walk through with my knife pulled out and follow him and he uh, is sitting on a crate holding the hot soup and the hunk of bread he gestures towards another empty crate just right next to him i take a seat and he hands you the soup and he's watching you very carefully dip the bread in Soak it all up and take a bite of the bread. Give me a constitution roll. Roll for soup. 
I needed a 70, and I rolled a fucking 82. So you have the opportunity to either push that or spend luck. I'm not spending luck. I have 19. <laughs> I'll save that when I need it. I'm going to promptly vomit. Why don't you give me a dexterity roll and take a penalty on that? Needed a 60. I rolled a 65. You are convulsing so hard that you drop the bowl of soup on the ground along with the bread, and you're just clutching at your stomach. And what you taste is that sharp spices of ginger that were just too much for your constitution, and your stomach is so sensitive for some reason, and then you get a wave of scotch coming out of your stomach. Scotchy, scotch, scotch. And it just burns your throat as it comes out and stains the ground, and you're heaving. And and, uh, after what seems like an eternity, but it's really only like 15, 20 seconds, uh, you realize that uh, Kajo is standing above you with his hand on your back. Very tenderly. Don't don't worry, my friend. I, I overspiced it. It's my fault. It's not your fault. I gotta give up the drink. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I wouldn't recommend drinking anything too harsh up here. Between the altitude and the alcohol, I think I've, I've, I've ruined myself for today. Do you have anything that could help me? Yes, stay right here. I'll, I'll get you something. And he disappears back inside the tent. Comes back out with the scotch he used for the soup. <laughs> <laughs> well, the scotch was in my stomach from drinking too much. Well, he also put scotch in the soup. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, that was a secret he ingredient. That's how you like it. Secret ingredient? It kills whatever was in the squab. <laughs> exactly. Ginger. It kills what ails you. <laughs> if you're dead, you can't hurt. I'm just saying. You're left alone out there for while he's doing something inside. Are you going to do anything? I'm going to uh, adjust myself and clean up a little bit and um, look around the tent. I'm assuming all the tents are very similar material and everything. Yeah, this one is uh, basically the same sort of uh, canvas that yours is made of. Um, although it's much larger and they, they're using you know a lot more tent poles and so forth and strapping. But uh, yeah, it looks pretty similar. I'm going to examine how it's attached to the ground, if at all, or if it's just attached to the poles. Sure. No, it's a, it's a combination of both. There are some poles driven into the ground, probably a couple feet, but there are also gigantic spikes keeping the, the uh, material close to the ground. Okay. And those are spaced like every 15 feet or so. All right. So then I'm just going to, uh, to wait till he comes back. Okay. And he immediately appears with a glass of what looks like Maybe Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> um, but he also has a um, some sort of root in his hand, like a, a weed of some sort. Okay. Plucked from the ground, almost like a, a fresh onion or something. I would like one A weed, please. <laughs> <laughs> one drugs, please. And he says, uh, oh, uh, drink this, you'll feel better, and uh, chew on this afterwards. Thank you, I appreciate that. So I knock back the drink as quick as possible. It's vodka, you son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to head back to my tent and freshen up. Not just yet, Mr. Williams. You you sit and rest for a minute. My concoction will take a moment to take effect. Okay. He roofied you. Uh You're going to start tripping. So uh, do you come here often? (laughs) (laughs) I wake up and all my teeth are straight. Wait. (laughs) And and he reaches over and and takes the glass from your hand and... uh, Sort of nods towards the uh, root mm-hmm. that he hands you. I start sucking on it, and then I put the root in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you put the root in your mouth, and it's actually very good. It tastes a little bit like licorice. Hmm. Or anus. Or anus, yeah. Anus. And you feel like a combination of the uh, concoction that he gave you and the uh, root in your mouth. It just it has a very cooling aspect that calms everything below your neck. And soothes your throat. And he's, he's looking at you with deep concern as you're sucking on his root. So, Dan, you, you don't really remember anything the last couple of weeks? No, I've had a hard time. Here, let me take the root out of my mouth. No, please don't. Keep sucking. <laughs> he's close. It was very strange. I mean, you were, you were in and out of consciousness the whole time. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what happened. I just know that, that I failed the, the last attempt. But I'm still a little foggy oh, on no, what you, happened. You didn't fail. They said they said you were successful, but it was very hard on you. Just like this route. Yes, you, you made you made a fine conduit. See, I thought I failed. Nobody's told me any different. Can you can you catch me up? So I'm not I'm not stumbling here. Yeah, well, of course. What would you like to know, Dan, my boy? Everything, if you don't mind, if you've got the time. What is everything? All of it. Ask me specific questions, please. Start at the beginning of time. Okay, what happened to the dinosaurs? <laughs> they fell into a tar pit when this old woman tossed them into her backpack. <laughs> no, wait, that's a, that's a different thing. Okay, so the last thing I remember is I was on the volcano. 
Yes. We all fell into the water, and that's that's the last thing I remember. I woke up here. Yes, I don't I don't know anything about that. I wasn't there, but I've heard, and, you know, I keep my ears to the ground, of course. And from what I understand, you took in the spirit of Dagon and acted as the conduit. Ah, that would make sense why I don't have the memory of that. Yes, of course, but we expected you to regain your memory once you went through the portal and arrived here. And that's what I'm worried about. What has happened to where I can't recall? I don't want to jeopardize what we're trying to do here. Well, you you were saying things while you were unconscious. Were you in my bed? Well, no, I, but I brought you the soup each day. Ah. We had to make sure that you were maintaining nutrition, and I massaged your calves and made sure the muscles wouldn't deteriorate. Nice. It's working for both of us. <laughs> the, the baby cows that you have outside the tent. Yes, thank you, thank you. Got to keep that meat tender. Uh, those calves, they want to massage themselves, you know what I'm saying? That's true. That's true. No opposable thumbs. <laughs> Tell me, who is this Tommy Ray? Tommy Ray. Tommy Ray. I don't, I don't know. And I never knew that Dan Williams had a sister named Leah. I, I don't have a sister. What is going on here? And he leans in towards you and he gives you a wink. I think you do, Mr. Whiteside. Rocky. The rain hammers down onto the aft deck, bouncing like a hail of bullets from heaven's artillery. You look out through the hatch, shielding your eyes, scouring the area looking for the bridge. Behind you, on this level, is a cloister of interior rooms that you guess are probably the officers' quarters. Above this is the radio tower and presumably the main bridge. Metal rung staircases ascend to either side up to the bridge deck. Just as you're steeling yourself to head out into the storm, sheet lightning erupts overhead, illuminating the clouds and a lone figure standing near the winch. The individual stands, drenched and stoic, looking out at the sea churned up by the engines, his back to you. Even at a distance of 50 feet, you can tell this stranger is missing his left arm. Take a second to brace myself, you know, like hands over my eyes, and then I'm going to kind of start marching out the, onto the deck towards the, uh, the guy who's standing over by the winch. And as soon as you set one foot out the door of the hatch onto the deck, he turns toward you, the rain pouring down, drenching him, his eyes sunken black hollows with just a glimmer of life like glistening raisins, and... This armless man, his clothing is just hanging in tatters, and his hair is long and straggly, and he just starts laughing, this low, guttural, dry chuckle. Very slowly, take a couple of steps to him, and at the same time I'm doing that, I'm going to kind of reach down for the gun, just in case. Um, excuse me, sir, I'm, I have a few questions, if, if you don't mind. And his laughter begins to ascend in volume and tenor until it becomes gleeful cackling. If you, if you might explain to me as to what's so funny here, maybe we could uh, both uh, get in on this, and I'm going to take a few steps closer and kind of pull the gun out and just hold it down at my side. And you're about halfway to where he is, pulling your gun out of the holster, and the voice of this individual is at such a high pitch in volume it begins to shred it sounds like his vocal cords are unhinging and then he launches himself over the side i'm gonna need you to roll for sanity no don't do that i need to oh i need to roll hold on i needed a 70 i rolled a 53 that's a success you feel horrified that the, this single individual that you've just found threw himself over from the upper deck which is quite a long way to the water Ah, well, there goes that chance at gaining any sort of information. And lightning punctuates your statement. Roy. Beer can pyramids on a ghost ship? What is this, some kind of Illuminati bra party boat? You stomp down awkwardly onto one of the shemp lager cans, crushing it with your heel, though the aluminum wraps around your military-grade boot like the clutching grasp of a metallic tentacle. Eh, too much trouble to bend down and remove it. Instead, you head back out into the flooded hallway, your footsteps creating a nice patter of squish-clonk, squish-clonk. Almost as if in answer, you hear the creaking, grating sound of a hatch opening just around the corner. I'll draw my Colt 45 named Betty 
and then I'll start walking that way. So you see a very long hallway that stretches to the east. There is a uh, metal rung staircase leading upwards, and there are several doors all along here. It appears to be some sort of uh, very similar to the hallway where your cabins were. First door. I have like four episodes of Gabe opening literally every single <laughs> every door. Every single door, shit. yep. Squish clonk, squish clonk. I'm a <laughs> detective. I detect things. There it is. Whoop. Once I find something worth detecting, I'll stop going indoors. Roll for perception. I thought you were an agent. Aren't you supposed to just like book cruises and airline <laughs> seats? You're a travel agent. You, you unlatch it and open it up and you see a very similar cabin to the one that Rocky forced you into. And it, it appears to be actually well-kempt. Bed bunks are made. Everything is in its place. It looks very almost unused except for a cup of coffee on the desk that uh, has a bit of steam coming off of it. I'll walk up to the coffee to investigate. And you look at the cup of coffee, and it looks like about a half cup. And it wasn't steam coming off of it. It was mold spores because the entire surface of this coffee cup is moldy with green-black mold. And as you watch, something surfaces from beneath and breaks the surface. And you see a human eyeball looking back at you. I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll, please. Blink, blink. Is there cream in the coffee? Cream and two sugars. No, his name is Kareem. Haha, <laughs> need a 63. I got a 44. It's a success. So, yep, it appears that uh, whoever made this coffee uh, did use cream once upon a time. The eyeball stirred it up slightly. I'll pick the eye up and throw it across the room. It makes a squishy sound and rolls onto the floor, half deflated. Ha. I'll search the desk. <laughs> throw the desk across the room. Give me a search roll. Need a 70, I got a 20. That's a hard success. It's very easily searched because everything is in its place other than this coffee cup and the room's empty. Oh, great. I'm glad I wasted that. Although, I will give you, as you are searching around, you see those two portholes on the uh, side? Yeah. Do you see the reflection of yourself in the blackness beyond? And you see Declan's face looking back at you again looking handsome it is raining quite heavily outside and you get a good look at open sea probably just a few hundred feet is all you can see before there's sort of a bank of mist and fog that obscures your vision beyond that what kind of sea are we talking about here c c sharp c plus plus high c okay oh good drink well as i'm looking at the face in the reflection i get really mad uh, you ugly motherfucker. And I'll punch the uh, punch the porthole out. Water starts pouring in. So, yeah, you, you punch at the porthole, and it, it was a uh, very strong glass, so there's no way you're going to punch through that thing. Ah, uh, Declan's a fucking weakling. <laughs> Your hand just bounces off it. Dink. Boom. If I was in my own body, that would have broke. All right. I'll go back into the hallway and into the next room. Welcome to the Roy Searches Rooms Hour. Well, I assume... If I'll see that one of these doors is partially open, eventually... So you can just walk past them and check the door. You don't have to go into the room. I'll miss loot. What if I get rare items? Looking for that plus two broadsword? So you, you open up the hatch, and there is a different kind of light in here. You immediately recognize it because you're a crack FBI agent who often books flights and things like that and this is a uh, a black light of some sort found the party room oh no i'll cover my jeans up <laughs> they're from the laundry detergent the stains are from the laundry detergent that's the uh, glow of illumination that you can detect as you open the hatch okay that's interesting i go in and i'll search around and you see immediately hanging from an outlet from the ceiling is a portable UV blacklight, and it's sort of swaying gently with the swells of the boat. And you can see that as it rotates and sways back and forth, it's illuminating these crucifixes that have been drawn on the walls and ceiling and floor. And the UV light is detecting them, so it's probably some sort of human bodily fluid. That's interesting, man. You said it's hanging. Is there like some slack to it? Yes, it's like basically just a portable with maybe like a four foot cord plugged into an outlet in the ceiling. All right, so I'll sort of try and get it closer so I can investigate. Yep, so you easily grab it and you can see that indeed somebody or something smeared some sort of thick, viscous bodily fluid. Lick the wall. Lick the wall. <laughs> it drew crucifixes 
on every available surface. I'll sniff it. Oh, lick the wolf. It's it, it smells a little bit like it bleach. Taste? Is that what you just said? <laughs> like bleach, huh? It's a little it's a little bleachy. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you have a uh, medicine? Give me a medicine roll. Oh, okay. That won't be great, medicine. but that's fine. <laughs> Wait, what number exactly does he need to get? <laughs> yeah, what number? I, I have a one, so what do I need to get there to succeed? A one. A one. Oh, okay, you said it. Oh. You got to spend the luck. <laughs> Push the roll. I needed a one. I got a 68. So, yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, I guess maybe it could be, maybe it's not bodily fluid. Maybe it is just simply bleach. You don't know. All right. Who's bleaching crosses into the walls? Clorox Jesus. That's, um... That's interesting. It was probably the Protestants. <laughs> I have a journal. I'll sort of, like, sketch what's going on, Red Dead style. I probably should have been doing that more than I have been. Go back and start. Oh, yeah. Well, I think, I yeah, I took a note of the can, guys. So, yeah, I'll sort of sketch that, like, sort of do a rough copy of what's on the wall. I did that with the Portuguese, so there's precedent. I'll unscrew the black light bulb and take it all right and as soon as you un- undo it it uh the, the crucifixes disappear and you're just looking at walls so i'll, I'll erase the crucifixes from the journal <laughs> that's what happened next <laughs> no. all They're right I'll, I'll come out and uh i'll tell the listeners that i'm going room to room and going in the mall but i'll just kind of go room to room and see which one's open just for time's sake so you step out into the hallway and you hear that ominous creak again, Ooh. and it sounds like it's coming back from the way you came. It's oh. Dawson's Creek. All right, I'll go there. I'll go back the way I came, and I'll go to the door I haven't opened this way. So as you walk towards this door, you notice that this door is slightly ajar at the end of the hallway, and it's sort of swinging slightly. All right, I lied then. I'm going to this one. This is a kitchen galley for the ship and you smell immediately there's rotting meat and you can see that there's bits of flesh and bone tasty on all of the work areas and with like dried blood and ichor staining the floor is there a light in the room you can find an outlet can i i'll plug in the black light then and i'll sort of look at the walls to see if there's anything like that that's been going on in here nothing on the walls you don't see any crucifixes or anything like that I'll look in the pantry and I'll look at the floors to see what's been going on in there. See if any of the workers have been getting some alone time. All right, why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden, please? I need a 70 out of 36. That's a success. So uh, you peek into the pantry here, an outlet just inside the doorway. So you plug in your black light. The contents have been like ransacked. So there are some smashed cans and broken jars and ingredients strewn about the whole place. But there does seem to be something unusual hanging from a hook towards the back that looks like almost a side of beef. I have my gun drawn, but I'll like point it up and slowly walk over there. And you get within just a couple feet. And you can quite clearly tell it's a human torso on a hook. Ginger. And I'll need you to make a sanity roll, please. Why do I have to? I've seen that so many times. Ha, I needed a 63. You got a 10. That's an extreme, and I should gain sanity. Lick that torso. (laughs) Unfortunately, you will take a sanity point as you approach the torso. It swivels toward you so you can see the front. And it was clearly some sort of sailor with tattoos and so forth. But because of your black light, you can see that there is a gigantic crucifix someone had drawn on the middle of the torso, just the entire length and width of the front, using that same bleachy fluid. I'll get taken aback. It'll be like a little uh, dream meme where I go, ba- I see the cross and I go back in time and I visualize my cross hanging on my neck and it pans out and I'm in the gym and I'm shadow boxing. So I start using the uh, body as a as a heavy bag. <laughs> Anymore, we'll get a copyright strike. <laughs> yep, yep. Too many dunts. Jack. Old Keijo is sort of leaning toward you with this knowing look in his eye and kind of grinning slightly, his hands still on your back. Move up to your neck. Um, I'm going to look up at him and go, how do you know? Don't worry, you're among your friends here. What, what do I do? Oh, you're, you're doing fine, boy. It's, 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 it'll all be fine. It's just that you spoke so much during while you were sleeping. 
who who all knows? Oh, just me, old Kedjo. I, I fed you day in and day out. It's our little secret. Is that why I gained 40 pounds, you bastard? Yes, no, that's the salt. You're just retaining water. Who who are you? Well, I'm Kedjo. Where are they? Who are you, really? Calm down, my boy, calm down. It's It'll all be good. It's just our little secret. So tell me, what do you have planned? I don't have anything planned yet. I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to figure that out myself. You might want to come up with a plan. Time's running out. Yeah, I know. I know. Kill all the things. <laughs> so how do I know I can trust you? Mm, you don't. But you don't really have a choice, do you? You're right. He's got you there. Yeah, he has a point. What are your plans? Roll for surprise. Old Kato <laughs> likes to help. I like adventure. I'm going to get close to him, breathing heavily with my scotchy, raw, <laughs> acidy breath. <laughs> as you get closer, you smell his breath is probably twice as rank as yours. He outranks you. We, I slowly go in and little kiss just on his bottom lip, though, and I bite a little and pull back till it snaps. <laughs> Lovecraft tape's gone wrong. We need to stop this. What do you mean? Stop what? This what we're doing right now? I mean, this is fun. I like to call it role-playing. <laughs> but you forgot the ball gag. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know where he's keeping it, though. Mm-hmm. These beads are a Nell. They're very fancy. <laughs> so tell me, Mr. Whiteside, how, how did you get in there? You mean in this body? Yes. I have no clue. What sort of trick are you playing? I think some other magic is afoot. I think you're right. Are you going to stay in there? Uh, sure as hell hope not. I mean, you do have a few more portals to open. But what what body am I going to be in after that? I don't have those answers, but it's a lot of fun asking. Can I count on your help? Well, of course. I'm here. I'm old Kajo. I'm your friend, Mr. Williams. I mean, Mr. I, I would say Mr. Williams still. I'd appreciate that. Keep my cover. Yes, our little secret. How How is your stomach? It does feel much better. Thank you. All right. Well, you be on your way and... Uh, Maybe we'll talk later tonight. All right. Sounds good. Meet me behind the tent at 12 sharp. Oh, oh, I would love to. Thank you. So I am now part of your plan? We'll see. I'm very excited. This is very exciting. I will get you a cup of soup to go. I think I'm good. Thank you. I will take some bread, though. Soak it up. All right. Here's here's a whole loaf. Oh, I want bread. I pinched it myself. (laughs) Stand up. Take a small bite of the bread and start walking back towards the uh, prisoner tent. You know you're not supposed to trust cooks. Did you not read Treasure Island? Yes. I did not read Treasure Island, yes. Reading is for losers. I saw the Muppet version of Treasure Island. Does that help at all? <laughs> totally counts. <laughs> well, you always have to trust Tim Curry. Yes. Yes. But not curry soup. No. Not curry soup. Not even once. Tim Curry is in the soup? Yep. <gasps> That's what it was. He all floats in the soup. <laughs> That's what the uh, the Zeus company is coming out with next. Zeus soup. Zeus soup. Boo-doo-boo-boo-doo. Actually, uh, before I go, I'm going to grab a, a cup or canteen of water. And then I'm going to head over to the prisoner tent. Look at the guards and say, I'm going back in. They just give you a, a stoic nod. I'm going back in. So I uh, part the tent flaps and slowly ease myself into the tent. And your eyes adjust and you see an empty chair. And e- what? I was bringing him water and bread. Rocky. I'm going to scan around, locate the uh, the stair, those metal staircases that are heading up. And I'm going to start heading that way. I'm going to take a guess that that's going to take me up to the bridge. Kind of head towards that staircase, but I want to stop and take a peek inside the uh, the portholes over here. See if I can't make out anything inside. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden, please. I needed a 60. I rolled a 41. That's a success. Even though it is pouring rain outside, you do see that it appears to be some sort of cabin, similar to the one that you woke up in, but maybe a little more nicely appointed. Keep heading over and up the stairs. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes Cabins, Cabins, Cabins. And I'm going to reveal for you some more areas. Yay. Areas Grande. Areas Anna Grande. Reveal it. Ooh, it's so revealing. So, Rocky, you step up onto the bridge deck. And, of course, it's still pouring rain. And you see that there is, again, an interior structure with a couple portholes and a couple doors that lead into it. Presumably, that's the bridge. Uh, I'm going to head over to the door and I'm going to pop it open and head onto the bridge. Captain's on the bridge. The bridge is just complete blackness. It's just black. Like a doll's eyes. You open the hatch to the bridge. Inside, it's relatively dry. A fluorescent bulb overhead flickers briefly, illuminating the control panel, the ship's wheel, which rocks back and forth freely, and the empty captain's chair. 
A compass mounted to the ceiling spins in all directions. The windows which look to the fore of the ship are fogged up. Yeah. I guess we're going to head over to the the area with the captain's chair. It's empty and just swiveling back and forth, as well as the wheel is just sort of rocking back and forth of its own accord. Where the wheel is, or is there like a desk or something to either side? It's just sort of a work surface area, maybe where maps were laid out, but there's nothing there now. And then what's behind me right now? There's a Demogorgon. There is a door right there, of course. So I'm going to head to that door. In this room is the alien queen. Jonesy. Maps and charts litter this room, pages scattered loosely on the floor and tacked at uneven angles to the wall. Take a closer look at the maps and charts that are tacked onto the wall. Hopefully they're, someone put them there for a reason and it'll give me a hint as to just where the guy am. There is um, a stack of what appear to be logs that might require a little bit more time to study. Why don't you give me a spot hidden real quick just for... A glancing rummage. Ooh, I needed a 60. I rolled an 86. That's a failure. Okay, Southern Bell. I do declare. I do declare I failed that That's roll. a failure, my spot hidden. When I listen under the magnolia trees at night. <laughs> you, you take a quick look around. You don't really see anything unusual other than this is a lot of maps and charts and nautical uh, journals. And if you're going to glean anything, it's probably going to take a little more time to study. Do I get like a, can I get like a more specific like time window on how long I'd have to study or is it just going to be I'm going to have to go at it? and? Yeah, basically you're going to have to go in and see if you can decipher a lot. A lot of this is in English. You see it both in English and Portuguese. Um, so there are some notes that maybe need a little bit more time to read the scrawl of the coordinator or captain. So it's hard to tell at this point, but you're just going to have to really dig in and, and we can figure it out from there. Spend my luck. If you want to. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to kind of crack my knuckles. Uh, looks like it's time to get down to business here. And I'm going to kind of start digging into the charts and maps and notes and see if I can't figure out what the heck is going on. Roy, you take a big meaty right hook into the torso and you hear a rib crack and that sort of snaps you out of your reverie. What was that? Our sound effect budget is gone. So for the rib crack, we just had to use a rib of celery. I mean, it works. You're sort of appalled that you've done this, but you see like Essentially, the meat's been pretty well tenderized. All right. Tasty. Give me a pan, boys. So I'll cook it. I'll sketch out like I've been doing because I'm, I'm a good detective. I'm making notes for once. I have to make up for all the time. It didn't help. And as you're sketching, you're, you're sort of making correlations and your mind goes back to what you first saw back in the galley. And you're pretty well certain now that whatever food they were cooking, eventually they were cooking human remains. It's made of people. No. Zeus. Zeus. Made of people. For people. I wonder how it tastes. Takes a little to... Needs some salt. They're gonna eat you. Then they're gonna eat me. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, well, that experience behind me, I guess I'll go back out into the galley. Oh, I'll shut its eyes. Oh, it doesn't have eyes. It's, it's, only it's a torso. just a torso. Oh, that's where the coffee is. That's where it came. The eye, the, the eyes went in the coffee. Okay. <laughs> so you just put the eye right in the stump. <laughs> yeah. This belongs to you. And, and you hear as you leave the uh, pantry and go back out of the galley, you hear a ghostly voice behind you saying, I'm just a torso and everywhere I go. <laughs> All right. All right. He's got bars. I'll just get a cell signal out here. Come on. It, it's not your body, by the way. You know, go ahead and defile it with cannibalism. I'll eat it. I thought it was going to be Roy hanging there. Well, yeah. You sure it's not? It's just the torso. That's true. I think I know my own torso. Tattoos, though. Yeah, so it's not mine. I'll sort of once over the galley to see if I can find out what, what's been creaking all these doors about. Clearly the door right here into the galley that was swinging yeah. wide. So I'm looking to see if there's anything in here. Like, I'll search pantries and what have. There is an oil can. Oil, oil can. can. I'll drink it. <laughs> Cooking oil or, or machine oil? Machine oil. Okay. That's strange. Someone has handwritten on it. Actually used one of those label machines. It says, uh, for creaking hatch doors only, do not use on human remains. <laughs> All right. I'll take the oil and I'll grease up the creaky door. All right. And yeah, it swings freely now and uh, without the creaks. It's and nice. investigation over. We did it. 
Above your head, you see an achievement. It says, Creaky Door, 10 plus 10. <laughs> achievement unlocked. All right. We've solved it all. The mystery of the Creaky Door is over. I'm taking the oil. It's mine now. It was Mr. Jenkins all along. Old man Jenkins. You are probably going through screen door withdrawal, right? You haven't had a screen door in, like, several episodes. Yeah, well, see, if I was in Roy's body, I would physically be, like, breaking down, but because I'm in Declo's body, he doesn't have the, the physical withdrawal. It's just mental withdrawal. Got it. Start seeing screen doors everywhere. I'll go upstairs and train for Rocky now, because I've solved all the mysteries down here. I'm gonna ignore the other doors. Oh wait, you know what? He went up those stairs, so I'll go back down the hallway and go up these stairs to be different and better. Oh, I see how it is. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa there, buddy. He's your brother. Come on, dude. Not. I'm in Declan's body. <laughs> Not their bodies. Everybody knows it's only physical. It's just physical. Physical. Fizzy Coke. I want to hear your body talk, body talk. I don't. No. No thanks. Especially when you eat beans. You eat beans. I've never eaten beans in my life. (sighs) Oh, God. It's made out of Mr. Bean. Matt Matt doesn't like beans either. Not Rowan Atkinson. So you find yourself in this hallway with, yet again, many, many doors. (laughs) Hell yeah. I go in the first door I see immediately. This episode of the Lovecraft Tapes, doors, doors, doors. The captain's quarters are small but well-appointed. The bed is functional yet comfortable-looking. Time for a nap, right? With satin sheets and plush comforter. A tidy bar stocked with fine liquor stands at attention nearby. Marked-up nautical charts decorate the corkboard hanging over the teak desk upon which are stacked a mix of well-worn, leather-bound books, including bad spy novels, French and Portuguese translation dictionaries, and a slew of log journals. Rocky. Please roll libraries. I needed a 70 and I rolled a four. That's extreme You know every inch of the oceans. So you're pouring over these logs. The pieces of the puzzle are all starting to come together. And you find one particular entry which clicks for you, but in a most horrifying fashion. It shows that the last time the ship fueled was in Lisbon on October 25th, 1999, en route to Horta, a small island in the Azores. Jack, you're looking at an empty chair. I'm going to look around the room in in a low voice, as low as quiet as I can, but loud enough for anybody in the tent to hear. Carl! 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 Are you here, Carl? Then I cup my hand over my ear or behind my ear. You do hear... A sort of flapping noise towards the rear of the tent? Hey, there's no fapping in here, Coral. I was alone. <laughs> the hood got me going. Coral. <laughs> um, I'm going to uh, make a beeline to the back of the tent and look for the escape. Not the bees. And indeed, you find a slit in the back of the tent. Okay. I'm not even going to miss a beat. I'm going to go through the flap and, and start looking to see what direction that he might have gone in. All right. So you wriggle out the back of the flap. Mm-hmm. Wrigg- Wrigley's. You can see a little bit of disturbance in the dirt right below the flap. A sense of disturbance in the dirt. And you see footsteps walking away. Okay. I'm going to calmly and confidently follow those footsteps like I'm doing what I do every damn day in this camp. Please give me a track roll. I needed a 58 and rolled a 57. That's a success. Lucky you didn't waste that on the squab. Right. The track's lead east towards where the underbrush and the forest is becoming thicker and thicker. Okay. Before it ascends upwards. Follow the tracks and uh, pick up speed now that I know that I'm a little bit undercover and nobody can see me. Don't do drugs. I'm going to get my strider out and I'm going to start riding my strider after him. So you very quickly leave the encampment behind and manage to gain underbrush, which gives you further cover. And then after just a few minutes at your speed, you are in the beginnings of a forest. Okay. Just at the outskirts. Carl, I've got your water and bread. Well, I got some water. I ate the bread. And I kind of drank the water, too. Sorry. Then you see Carl peek out from behind one of the trees. Okay. Sort of grinning. And he has all of his equipment with him. Carl. They're going to know that you left. Or they're going to let uh, think that you let me go. That's why I'm here. Maybe you shouldn't go back. Let's get the hell out of here. 
I don't think I want to go back. We've got another ally in camp. We have another ally? Are you sure? The chef. He makes a really good bowl of soup. <laughs> I've never trusted a chef before. Okay. Do you have a plan? Um, get off the island. Can we get out of here safely? Is there a way around this camp? You had those pictures I showed you. Yeah, but you told me not to show anybody else. They were just for us. No, is there any... <laughs> <laughs> private picks. Do you, uh, was there a trail out of this camp or are we just going to hike through a uh, jungle? No, there, there's a way out. Oh, there's always a way out. Carl knows because Carl has more intimate knowledge. He's been with this island before. They broke up for a <laughs> while, but <laughs> do you have any idea what these people are doing here though? I do. It's it. They're trying to open a portal to destroy the planet and kill all life on the planet. Hmm. I know that sounds very strange, but I was at the first portal that was just opened. And I have something else I need to tell you. Not the strangest thing I've heard, but... I'm not Dan Williams. I don't know who Dan Williams is. That's the body that I'm in. My name is Jack Whiteside. I'm an FBI agent, special agent. Okay, that actually is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Something happened. I was trying to stop them from completing the ritual on top of the volcano at Hakuna Matata. And we failed. I think we failed. And I woke up here in this camp inside Dan Williams' body. Do you know anybody else that's here? I know you, Carl. Yes, I know Skinner, who's heading up this. She used to be a director for the FBI. Obviously, no longer. So you're saying the U.S. government's behind this? I start jotting down a note. She's gone rogue. She's not with the U.S. government. Oh, okay. That would actually explain a lot more if they were. Yeah, it unfortunately does not. But I like your tree. It's a nice tree. It, it is a nice tree. No. <laughs> bad tree. Let's put our heads together and see if we can come up with a plan to stop this. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. I think you guys are on a ghost ship. Yeah. Oh, I know where you guys are now. I don't know where we are specifically, but... Or the ocean. Do you know when you are? That's a good question. Do I don't know when I am. You could be in the future. You could be on the boat that we're going to get on... And everybody died getting away from whatever happens because we screw it up. Future. I theorize that I'll be able to read Portuguese soon. But I do think your cook friend is going to like totally, totally screw us or screw you, really. Well, he tried rubbing my back like Lovecraft that. Lovecraft tapes <laughs> after dark. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you did not do a very good job with the root. <laughs> I didn't root enough. A substandard root sucking. You have to roto root. Oh. Not the worst I've had, but not the best. Now it's time for some hashtag recommendos. Please roll D100. Gabe, take it away. Now that Invader Zim Enter the Florpus is out, um, which I would highly recommend, but it's not my recommendo, Invader Zim's a great show, and that does hold up to its standard level of quality despite coming out like over a decade later, which is impressive. I am going to recommend someone by the same creator, though. Um, it's called Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. It's a comic has like a, a partner comic called Squee, which you should also read. It's one of the funniest things I've ever read. It's about this guy named Johnny, who is a homicidal, suicidal, mani- uh, genocidal maniac. And he just like hangs out and he like sort of befriends the like very young child next door and keeps terrifying him. But the his parents like don't believe him. And there's like all these long cuts of like how he's like putting his victims through the ringer and how he like basically torments them in his house but then he also like will get depressed and he'll like end up confiding in them a lot and it's just the whole thing is it's so well drawn and so well written and it's so funny even though it doesn't necessarily sound like it would be the whole experience is just something you got to really read to understand and if you like invader zim it's by the same guy so it's a it's very adult but it's the same level of humor, but for adults. So, I mean, just transfer that and add swearing, so you're good. And a lot of gore. So, uh, yeah, that's Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. All right, Matt, you're up. This week, I got a new game for you. Uh, it's a game called Outer Wilds, developed by Mobius Digital, published by Anna Perina, uh, the people behind What Remains of Edith Finch. So, Outer Wilds is... In its essence, like an open-world puzzle-solving game. So you take on the role of the newest recruits, or the newest recruit to a company called the Outer Wilds Ventures, essentially a space exploration program. So at the beginning of the game, you know, they kind of walk you through the basics. They give you your ship, and 
that's it. You have a little computer on your ship which gives you where you collect clues and hints. And once you can fly your ship around the, the little mini solar system they have, there are like five or six little planets you can pilot between however you wish. It's literally totally up to you to figure everything out. They give you a couple of hints to start out with, and from there, it's up to you. Like, there's no hand-holding whatsoever. It's you got to find it, you got to do the research, you got to do the digging, and the more you explore these individual planets, the more you'll see things connecting, so you'll go, okay, so now I have to go find this on this planet, and that's going to lead you over here. And it reveals this really interesting, like, web of connections that tell a really, really great story. And one of the fun things is, is a lot of the planets are dynamic. They change over time. So there's some of the puzzles have like a time aspect to it. Cause you know, if you go to a planet later on, then, you know, something might not be there anymore. So it's a really great balance of, of puzzle solving. The, the clues and the mysteries are well laid out. And I love the fact that they don't handhold at all. They, they trust the, the player is, is smart enough to figure it out on their own and they let them do that. Also, the soundtrack is amazing. Like, I, I've started listening to it. It's an amazing game, and it is easily the current top contender for my game of the year for 2019. Outer Wilds. It's available on Xbox, on Game Pass on Xbox, if you have that. Or you can buy it there or on the Epic Games Store for $25. And I highly recommend you do, because it is amazing. And Brian, you're up. Uh, mine's a game as well. I downloaded recently, I think it's on the Xbox store, the Bioshock, the collection, and I'm replaying all the Bioshock games. I just finished the first Bioshock. I still say that's probably one of the best games that has ever been made. It is a phenomenal game. If you've never played Bioshock, the first game, the story, the twist, the controls, the the amount of options that you have in completing this, it's fantastic. Basically, you're on a you're crashed plane at the beginning, and you you're you find a, a light tower, and and you go down into this underwater city that was created by a man that didn't want to have to follow any of the rules of the world. He wanted his own space, his own civilization, basically, and the science progressed into converting humans into having abilities like shooting electricity from their hands or swarms of bees and your whole mission is to try to figure out first off who you are and what happened to you but also to uh to help uh this person who is helping guide you through the whole underwater environment to stop a madman from killing his family and he's constantly in radio contact with you and you're trying to work your way through all these different broken down areas and you're you're being attacked by splicers which are humans that have uh changed their DNA so much that they've gone insane and they just try to attack you. So um, most people, I'm sure, have heard of Bioshock. Uh, there's three of them out currently. But uh, if you have a chance, go back and, and definitely replay the first one. It is a fantastic story back when games were made to tell a story and entertain you, not just to get that almighty dollar out of your pocket. Zach, I think you're up next. Uh, I'm going to say uh, this is a show that I, I really enjoy. It's uh, it's not really old, but it's about uh, two, three years ago it came out. Uh, Stand Against Evil. Mainly I brought it up because you guys remind me of that show a lot. Maybe slightly older characters, you know, a little bit grumpier. It Truly, Roy is the main character in that, that show, just like about the age of 50. Roy is getting there. But yes, it, the, the, the ability of how they solve the, the cases, how they stop demons. Because long story short, it's a, a town that burned a whole lot of witches and then the witches come back and they curse the town that their sheriffs have to die uh horrible deaths every time there's a sheriff because the sheriff's the one that burned them back during colonial times and the current one actually got a chance to retire because his wife basically uh, kept saving him the, con the whole time new sheriff takes over demons come back and of course it's monster of the week every time but they don't take themselves seriously it's a very uh humorous way to defeat the demons uh some of the episodes are even um i just watched one uh that looked like a mini godzilla movie uh, actually mothra versus king kong kind of you'll have to see it to even to begin to describe it but the way they solve the uh the cases of how to get rid of the demons how to solve the murders don't take offense to this but it's very much like this group sometimes they're right on track and get all the clues and sometimes they go all the way around the block and come in the other direction that nobody expected and then it's something very simple like oh i gotta smash this one object okay crack and the whole thing's done hilarious show really well written in my opinion at least the first two seasons were really good the third one's a little shaky anybody that loves this podcast should love that show 
and the guest shot the guest stars are amazing and you have to like it because jeffrey combs is in it at least one episode all right thanks zach and i'm going to close this off with a horror movie I know, shocking. So, for whatever reason, I avoided seeing a movie that was on every video shelf in America, has the best cover. This would have been when I was 19 years old, so I'm not sure why I didn't watch this, but I finally got around to watching Chopping Mall from 1986, directed by Jim Wynorski, starring Barbara Crampton of Reanimator, From Beyond, Castle Freak, You Are Next, Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, Beyond the Gates, We Are Still Here. And I did not know this, but Brian De Palma's body double? It has a cameo by Angus Scrim, the tall man from Phantasm. And, of course, Dick Miller, who is everywhere, as a janitor who dies real good. The plot is pretty simple. Uh, It's a bunch of young, horny teenagers who hide out in Daddy's furniture store after the mall closes in order to drink, show off their boobs, and have premarital sex. And, you know, for those who are asking, yes, you get to see Barbara Crampton in all her glory, which is, for me, amazing. Uh, Unfortunately, the mall locks down entirely with steel firewall doors for some reason and is then patrolled by three robots who have gone wacko after lightning strikes the building. Uh, The robots are basically the prototype for ED-209 from RoboCop, so I guess like ED-109. They have lasers and tasers and darts. The teens die off in pretty sweet, horrific fashion, including a full-on 80s classic head explosion, which I always love and appreciate. But eventually they do fight back against the robots using whatever they can find at the hardware store and sporting goods store. Because, you know, sporting goods store sold, you know, shotguns in the malls back in the 80s. They also try to escape via the heat vents a la Die Hard. And Crampton, unfortunately, this is her worst performance. She cries annoyingly. Chopping Mall is the definition of a bad movie that's so ludicrous, it's hilarious. It's sort of as nonstop action, fun, very silly, but it's also like you don't get bored. Now, if you're interested in Jim Wynorski, he has directed many, many terrible movies, such as Deathstalker 2, Sorority House Massacre 2, 976 Evil 2, Ghoulies 4, Piranaconda, Sharkinsaw Women's Prison Massacre, Dino Croc Super Gator, Munchie, Munchie Strikes Back, and the seminal classic House on Hooter Hill. Plus, literally, if you go to Letterboxd and look him up, there's way too many to mention, and they're all just crazy ass. But in reality, you can just skip all that crap and just get out and watch Chopping Mall. It's on Shudder now, and I'm sure you can find it many other places. Nice. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server, where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And if anybody else wants to hop onto my motherfucking boat, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. And if you something something witty joke, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. If anybody can help me not get sick from twenty seven hundred kids, you can hit me up at Brian Podcast on Twitter, also Discord. And you can't find me anywhere except for here because uh, I'm, uh, like I said, less social than even Gabe is, which is impressive. Well, until next time, roll for motherfucking boats. <laughs> yeah. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2019. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. Panties from heaven. Panties? <laughs> oh, every time it rains, it rains. It rains panties. Okay. We good? Let's uh, yeah, sync so. up with our clappity clap clap. It's unlike gonorrhea, but some uh. burning sensation. I, I just got a notification on my phone. It says there's a new strain of gonorrhea in Michigan. What? <laughs> I was like, well, why are you getting that alert? <laughs> I have Google search alerts to set up for a gonorrhea. <laughs> we are live, guys. Memorex. Not five, guys. Actually, yes, five guys. Oh, what? Yeah, you're right. We actually are. Is that that what we're doing for uh, lunch? That's what we are for lunch. (laughs) 
We are five guys. Do you think five guys actually serves you five guys in your meal? Yeah. Every day each restaurant has to chop up five people. Nope, just one big hot dog. (laughs) Cannibalism worked for the Donner Party, so. It's true. It's true. It can work for They wouldn't have called it a party if it wasn't successful. Plus, we have overpopulation. It it works. Mm -hmm. Hey, it worked for Soylent Green, so clearly it can work for burgers, (laughs) too, right? Yeah. Though you'd have to watch out. The burgers might change, you know, depending on how a person tastes. Uh, True that. See, that's why you just have a big vat of people and you blend it all together so that way it tastes relatively similar. I feel like Will Defoe would taste bad. (laughs) He'd be stringy like a chicken. On tonight's podcast, if you had to eat a celebrity, which celebrity would it be and why? (laughs) Boy, that's a tough one. Danny DeVito. Hey, you. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. You know the ad. Are you tired of being the straight man? All the time. Sometimes I am. Well, we have this new juice for you. It <laughs> tell, might tell me more about your it, juice. It might or might not complain con- contain some human substances, but like the FDA didn't ask. So, well, who doesn't but like I a know, little uh, human uh, flesh in their their drink? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we grind it up nice so you don't notice. But so what you do when you drink the Zeus is you become instantly zany. And then you want to take over every commercial that you ever have to record. Oh, that sounds really interesting. But do you have something that takes you a notch below zany? Well, I mean, we have like the diet version. I'd say that makes you wacky, not exactly zany. Yeah, for the times that you feel like you just want to be wacky and not zany. Like, if you're going to a party with, like, your girlfriend's parents, and you don't want to be completely zany, like, if you were with the goon squad, but, like, just enough to tell a funny anecdote, yeah, we got that. Oh, nice. Does it come uncaffeinated as well? Uh, no. That, that's a ridiculous request. <laughs> we also don't have that zero bullcrap. This isn't Coke. This is, um, flesh juice. <laughs> I expect, uh, you know, uh, calories when I'm eating, drinking flesh. Yeah, we we couldn't figure out how to get the calories out of it, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I'll definitely try it the next time I'm going to a party with my girlfriend's parents that I want to be wacky or zany at. Yeah, it's important. I mean, everyone needs to be zany 100% of the time, so just keep buying it until it eventually kills you. I mean, until you are feel like you can be zany on your own. I- I'll do that, especially just as long as my money's all going to you. So you can keep developing these wonderful products. All right. For more information, call Matt's phone number. <laughs> Seven three f- no. <laughs> five eight eight. No. <laughs> Probably. What was that noise? Matt's telephone. Yep. Turn it off. Oh, in trouble. You're not my teacher. <sighs> Come on, man. We're professionals here. Where? Be a fucking amateur. I'm going to hold it right here the whole time. Good. <laughs> Not touching you. Not touching you. Matt's in trouble. Just in case, you know, maybe Dan was, you know, too close to 2,700 kids and got sick all the time. You know, mm-hmm. That sort of thing. It happens. It, it happens. I hear. I've heard stories that it happens, but I haven't actually seen it. It actually doesn't ever happen. I said squish clonk. I didn't say open the door. <laughs> <laughs> no, you said it uh, at the end of the last session. That was like two months ago. I don't remember <laughs> that. Polygon, Kotaku, they're all terrible journalism. Can you even call it journalism? Pro- not really. It's journalism-esque, but, you know. That's, that's journalism in the same way that PewDiePie invents memes. <laughs> true, true Just that. Just says things and other people do the work. Stop talking, young people. No. <laughs> Kotaku. Barata. Niktu. <laughs> I've never tried a PewDiePie. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> you said the words. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I pretty much said the words. <laughs> the words. Neckties. Nestrine. N-word. <laughs> Definitely an N-word. Think of like you're in a different body, so you have to get acclimated oh, okay. to... To use their... Yeah. Yes. Yep. Appendages. <laughs> so when you try to masturbate, you might accidentally use the wrong hand. You might just you be know. an apprentice bait. Right. Exactly. You got to work your way up to master. Yeah. New body. 
So that's what you see, uh, Roy. You might realize what actually average is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've moved like five feet this episode. <laughs> I threw up. I boxed. Zach's done nothing. <laughs> I'm sitting comfortably in a tent with a bag over You're my like, head. God, this is a really nice material that they put over my head. Is this satin? Some men pay for this. Right? <laughs> I'm getting it for free in a tropical location. Yeah, you've got it made in the shade. <laughs> with Kool-Aid or High C. <laughs> Sponsor us, High C. Hashtag not sponsored. Do it. Bye, High C. Bye. Buy lots of high C. And fruit punch. What is this? Some sort of interview? Is this job interview? <laughs> what would you say your, your greatest weakness Where is? Where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> Don't say doing your wife. <laughs> Don't say doing your wife. Don't say doing your wife. Doing your wife. <laughs> doing your son? <laughs> Just remember, I think we only have like five days, right? Not five years. Three days. Three, End of three days. Three days, yes. I'm like, you've got, you've got two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> now we're good. Me and Roy are just going to be off in the ocean, sailing off into the sunset. Sailing. Why does this staircase look like it was drawn in Microsoft Paint? <laughs> this has to be enthralling for the audio podcast listeners. Yes, they love it. This is the shit that I'll actually clip out, so. What? You will? Clip that shit. Oh. They said it's just going to be all of us taking breaths. <laughs> <laughs> It's a different kind of podcast. <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Although that'd be a good that'd be a good name too. The the podcast. Yeah, that'd be an interesting one. Oh, changing, Anyways. we're changing. Pack it up, boys. <laughs> so that's this is where you came up, and let me give you a few more doors here to play with. Doors, <laughs> awesome. Oil every one that you come across. Yes. No. And drip a little on the floor as you go so it's slippery. I'm gonna <laughs> convince I'm gonna convince Rocky that it's like drinking water. <laughs> and in the distance you hear Sorry, I left the stereo on. I like a little background music while I study. Yeah, someone actually went on to figure out that August 23rd is 69 days away from Halloween and 420 days from Christmas. <laughs> nice. My ears are a little clogged. What? Huh? <laughs> if you would quit doing things with 2,700 kids. Well, it's my job. Just quit your job. Oh, yeah. I didn't think of that. Sorry, I was coughing and hacking. I figured it's better to mute it than to... <laughs> Please don't cough or hack. Oh. <gasps> Stop. The boats are coming after our mothers. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to say you need a bigger boat because of your boat. <laughs> we must construct additional pylons. Exactly.